On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. The sixth pick, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Cam, you're walking up. What are you doing here? Okay, so again, right? We we get into this this whole thing of what I'm going to do versus what they're going to do, and it, it's it's always kind of this this. I'm this more interested in what you're going to do. I don't care. I don't care what the Blue Jackets are going to do. I want to know what you're going to do. <laughs> Good. Okay. Excellent. You know who I'm taking? Then I'm going to have some fun with it. I'm taking Denton Matejchuk. Whoa. Because okay. because we're not here to sit on our hands and draft depth players. We're here to take swings. Um, and so if I'm Columbus, I love getting some more talent, especially on that blue line too. I know they got Adam Boquist, but uh, Denton Matejchuk might be my favorite player in this class. He is, I don't know if I've ever scouted a defenseman who gets as many puck touches as this guy does. Like he is involved in literally everything. Um, and he is shifty. He is dynamic. He leads the rush. He joins the rush. He's got, you know, good passing skills. He's got good hands. He's got a good shot. Um, defensively, he was one of the best rush defenders on an analytical basis from like a 20 game sample size in the WHL. Excellent, excellent rush defense. And he gets kind of, he gets kind of bashed a little bit for his defensive play overall. Um, I think in zone, he can get a little Simo Nemec out there and he can get running around and he can lose his spot, but defending the rush gapping up with his, you know, turning four way mobility, getting a stick out there. Um, he's not the biggest guy, five, 10 and a half, I think, and playing at one ninety five. Um, I do. <laughs> I had his old man reach out to me the other day and, uh, was, uh, was talking to me and he was just mentioning that, you know, his older brother, when he was 17 was six foot six, maybe six and a half and, uh, and grew up three more inches before he was 19. So there's still a chance that the has got a little more growth coming too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. Right. But, but at this point, he's not going to be a, he's not going to be a big defender. He's not gonna be a punishing defender, but my goodness, like he is the new age defenseman that you can build around that, that can break those four checkers up that can lead the rush and do all sorts of things. Um, I think he's highly, highly, highly skilled. Um, yeah, I, I, I love him. I think that, you know, talking to teams is that they, they think I'm a little, a little wild to put them up this high on my board. Um, they like him a lot too, but they think that the, the risk attached there at, at his style is, is more, is more privy to the kind of the mid teens. Um, but for me, it's like, let's, let's go big on upside and, and, and Dent Matejchuk is right up there. Well, Bob has him a 24th on his list, his list, which makes me think that he will slide a little bit and well, I will love whichever, as soon as you get out of that, especially like you get into the late teens, early twenties, like whatever, whoever takes in there, I can already tell that I'm going to be loving that pick. Um, the amount of ground he covers is highly enticing. I love the way he sprints up the ice, how he kind of activates, uh, our colleague, Mitch Brown, who we've already, uh, shouted out and, and we're going to keep shouting out, did an incredible kind of deep dive and write up on him. I think he had a stat in there to your point, he averaged or was averaging at one point, 150 puck touches per game which was about 50 more 
than an average top <laughs> pair WHL defenseman. Uh, he, was, he truly had like a Roman Yossi-esque season beyond just like the skating ability, like how involved he was in everything they did. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I understand that in zone, it can become a little dicey. But like I said, when we were talking about with Juracek, like what I see in his defending in terms of his ability, because he is so aggressive in the offensive zone, he has that new age wave of, uh, of defending where he'll like meet the offensive player as soon as they get the puck deep in their zone and basically like surf with them. And that's how you defend in today's game. You're, you're not sitting back waiting for the guy to come at you with speed. You need to kill that play before it happens. So I understand that his style can be maybe a bit overly overzealous for, for some people's tastes, but I think that generally the pros outweigh the cons in that regard. And I think I'd actually prefer my defenseman to defend like that uh, in 2022. So I actually liked the defensive habits much more so than kind of some of the critics that I've seen of them. But uh, Chris, how do you feel about this player? I, I, you know, he's the third defenseman on my board. I have him lower than Cam does, but he's he's still the number three defenseman after the the, the other two we already mentioned. So I and I, for all the reasons that you guys mentioned, I'll keep it brief because I don't want to repeat it. But you know, like the things that he does really well. I mean, I love the way he retrieves pucks. I love the way that he not only retrieves pucks but immediately becomes dangerous. He's, he he knows his options already. Um, you know, and the, the other thing that you know we talked about the skating, very strong skating base. That's huge for for me. Um, and there were so many shifts that he took over um, that I watched this year that I was like, and, and so because of that, I didn't worry as much about the size. I didn't worry as much about some of the, the defensive, you know, strength-based things that, that he needs to improve on. Um, so I, you know, I do think that this would be an, a very aggressive pick if I were the Blue Jackets, just because I think the forwards that are available at that range are better um, in terms of their off in terms of the upside and what and, and also the fit for the Blue Jackets, but I mean take a swing if take a swing here, Cam. I, I respect it, and I, I think Matejchuk is an excellent player. Um, I have him 13th on my board, so it's not really that far away given the the next several guys in this class. Um, but yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of interesting. So I, I I appreciate the swing. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a bit of a curveball here in our order because. Chris, you're going to have to leave us in 10 minutes and then Cam and I are going to finish up the lottery. So I'm going to give you yeah. the next two picks here. We've made a draft day trade where Excellent. Chris Peters has acquired the seventh <laughs> and eighth overall picks and he gets to make these two. He's on the clock. So you're picking oh, at seven for the Ottawa Senators. Well, then they can just go and do what they would love and get the big athletics forward here. You can go get Cutter Gauthier right here. Um, and I like Gauthier a lot. I think that he moved up you know, obviously the center thing, you will see if he is a center at the, at the next level. Um, great motor, really good shot. I'd like to see him get a little more accurate with that shot. He, he, he missed the net a lot um, late in the season and, but he did score, you know, a, a ton of goals this year. And um, I think that he has the, the, I think he's the best overall athlete in the class. Um, one of the things that I love best about his game is how good he is in puck protection and, and holding pucks, Longer than the average player could just because he's so strong on top of it. Um, his puck handling, it's not like that soft touch. He has some soft touch skills, but there's just a way that he corrals pucks where he accepts passes and different things that, that just make him so difficult to uh, to defend. And so I think the reason that I have him so high is I believe that there is another gear that he's going to get to. His his year over year improvement is among the best of those NTDP forwards. I think that you know he was a guy that didn't make 
the under 18 team last year when so many of his teammates did um, because they needed those young guys for the under 18 world championship. Goche didn't make it, but you know, you, you look at what he's done and the, 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 the way that he's kind of grown as a player. I just think that he'd be a fit for the type of team that Ottawa is building, but he would also continue to add a skill and scoring element to that group. So, um, so he's right in this range on my board. He was, you know, the guy that I had right after the top two defensemen. Um, he grew on me a lot as the year went on. And I just think that the sky is the limit for him. Um, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a top line guy, but I do see that he could be a, you know, a, a, you know, a number three center, a top six winger. I think, you know, I do think I like his ability to be on the wing a little bit more. Um, but his overall competitiveness, his physicality, all those things, I think would uh, project him very favorably for Ottawa. And how do you feel about this fit, the player? Um, and, and take it any way you want. Yeah, no, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. I think he's going to go probably earlier than this um, on draft day two. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I saw him play a decent amount of center, um, and I think yeah. he can play the middle of the ice. I think he wants to play the middle of the ice. He does. Um, yeah. I talked I talk to to you know his his former coach this year, Adam Nightingale, and you know he talked about at the beginning of the year is that they they were working on like, let's make you a true power forward. And then, so there's a couple of things, right? It's, are your feet moving? Are you getting in hard on the four check? And are you getting into the middle of the ice? And, and, you know, if you're doing those three things, you're going to find success. And if you watch his game, like he, he, he took that to heart and that's, that's how his game is. It's predicated on those three things. Um, you know, I think that he's gotten a little more love for his release than I, than I give it. Um, and I think Chris probably alluded to that as well. Um, he's not an elite sniper, um, but he has a heavy shot. Heavy. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. It's heavy, um, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that that's going to cause some rebounds at the very least. Right. Um, so I, I think all around, he's a good player. And I think that it fits well with the sense here too. I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're probably not expecting him to be around. And so then they're looking at a guy like Marco Casper, who could be like Goche, but a little less skilled, um, yeah, as kind of a fallback plan. So I, I think that they'd be thrilled to, to snap him up at this spot. All right, Chris, your final pick here before you, before you leave us, the Detroit Red Wings eighth overall. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would do, not what the Red Wings necessarily would do. It's not out of the question that they would do this, but. I'm going to stay right in state. I'm going to go Frank Nazar here. Oh, um, I love son of a gun. Yeah, I love, I love Nazar. Um, I think you, we talk about motor, we talk about skill, we talk about speed. Um, we talk about, you know, his ability to get behind defenses, his ability to, to move pucks. Um, you know, the passing is going to improve. I, I, I thought he made some real nice plays that under 18 world championship. So showed some more advanced, advanced playmaking ability. Um, I think he's highly intelligent. He is not a big guy. So, you know, it's, it's hard to find, you know, if, the, the Red Wings need centers. They got to get some guys. And, and I do think that Nastar can be a center. He thinks he can be a center. He's convinced he's going to be a top six center in the, the NHL. He's got a lot of work to do to get there. He's going to have to get stronger. Currently on track to go to the University of Michigan. Um, you know, I think this would kind of be a dream come true situation uh, for, for all parties involved. Um, but at the same time, you know, you never know what Steve Eisterman is going to do. Um, I know that, you know, a lot of the public realm, all of us that do this, that have our put our rankings out, we all seem to be quite a bit higher on him than NHL teams are. Um, you know, I think there's a reasonable case you can make for Marco Casper here. There's a reasonable case you can make for one of the high scoring wingers. Um, but for me personally, I just think that Nazar is you know, he would fit in with what they're doing. They're becoming a more dynamic team. They're going to, they're, they're already pretty fast. You can get faster with Nazar. Um, you've got your kind of two way 
uh, beastly kind of guy in, in Dylan Larkin, who I think is is still pretty darn good. And um, you know, Frank Nazar could be your your flash and dash center um, that that complements the skilled players that they do have. Well, I've got him fifth on my board, so I completely agree with what you're saying. I <laughs> the quote we have from a scout: "If he were bigger, we'd be talking about him as a top three pick." Well, easy. Let's talk about him that way then, because I. <laughs> How many how many years do we have to do the same song and dance again? Like, come on. Like, I understand the concerns, but let's be real here. Like, the skill level is just off the charts. This is like a big time Daryl Belfryism in terms of like um, how he works with players, but like a being able to manipulate defenders by like stacking skills. So like not just necessarily bull rushing them, but like doing multiple right. things to kind of deceive them and kind of have them leaning one way and then go the other way, or like set up future passes you want to make two, three steps down the road. Like you see that all in his game. It's, it's such a already advanced level of, of, of kind of slicing and dicing offensively. I think it's a no brainer. And I, 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 I can already tell that I hate how he might fall a little bit just because of that size. Like it, it, it bugs me to no end. And I think he's one hell of a prospect. You guys nailed it. He's number six on my board. I love him. I've had him, I'd had him as high as three throughout the year. I, you know, sat down and interviewed him. I talked to his coach. Um, I think he's driven. I think he understands what he needed to improve on. And like I talked about mid season, he really started to, to elevate that. Um, you know, he fully said to me, he's like, I don't know if you watched me as a, when I was a U 17, but it, it looked like I wasn't even playing defense out there because I wasn't. And, and he yep. knew he had to change that and rectify that. And he did. Um, I thought he added uh, some really nice leverage to his game defensively, um, you know, and down the back, like almost two months of the season, he was battling an injury that he didn't practice for the last you know quarter of the year because he was hurt. And so yep. he was still playing like that and playing that well, despite the injury, something he had to, and that's a nice lesson, right? That you're going to have to play through things and still deliver. And he was doing that. Um, I love him. I was going to take him on the back-to-back pick there before I got, I, I got it. I <laughs> well, it over to Chris. You're getting future yeah, considerations is, from Chris. So. I was going to say yeah. the futures are going to be coming in, in Montreal, maybe yeah, at, uh, after yeah, post-draft. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> I, but uh, no, sure. I love, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I get you a beer at the, uh, the free happy hour. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uncle Gary's tab. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I love it. I love the pick. I love the player. I think, uh, you know, I think he's a good kid. I think he's a smart kid. Uh, watch out for the London Knights too. owners rights in, in the O too. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe something crazy goes on there too. Yep. And he doesn't end yep. up at Michigan. I think that a couple of those guys graduating out obviously opens up some, some opportunities there for him to step in and, and slide up the lineup too, um, as a Michigan kid as well. So it does make a lot of sense for him to stick there, but just, just we'll keep our eye open and see if London makes a big push. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, boys. I, I got. I appreciate the trade, though. I appreciate the trade yeah. so that I can make these picks. But I'm going to listen back, well, and then some... I will individually criticize you guys after. After this, okay, we're going to let you go here. Plug, plug, plug some stuff before uh, Cam and I carry on here. Where yeah, can people sure. follow you? Where can they check out your work? Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, obviously, I'll be doing a lot of stuff on the draft on Twitter, and and then also you know, daily faceoff is where the rankings are. It's where you'll find you know all that analysis and everything else. Um, and yeah, so Chris M. Peters on Twitter, dailyfaceoff.com, and yeah, this is a great great time. I wish I could stay for the whole thing, but. I got some other business. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. All right, get out yeah. of here. You Happy only Canada Day, boys. Hour and twenty minutes. I love you, Chris. Enjoy the draft, and uh, and we'll chat soon. All right, we'll see you later, guys. Cheers. Recognize employees with Custom Ink. Show customer appreciation with Custom Ink. Outfit your teams with Custom Ink. Easily add your logo to your favorite products and brands at CustomInc.com. Make Custom Ink your custom gear partner with great customer service 
quality products, and all-in pricing, along with personalized help when you need it, and an easy-to-use website when you don't. All backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Do it all today at customink.com. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash BlueWire to start hiring today. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So we've, uh, we're a man short here. It's me and you, uh, Cam, but I'm going to, um, we're going to persevere. We're going to have some fun here. So we're going to finish up the, uh, the rest of this lottery mock draft. So I'm going to do the ninth pick here and I'm going to give you back to back picks after that. Okay. So I know you've been, you've been getting bumped down here a little bit. So I'm, I'm curious to see how you, uh, you jump back into the fray, but for the Sabres, um, I'm going to pick my favorite, well, I, uh, Frankie Nazar might, might be my favorite prospect, but my, 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 uh, my second favorite prospect in this year's class, not the one I think is the second best player, but my second favorite, Marco Casper. Um, man, the more that I watched uh, tape of this guy and read about him, the more that, that I fell in love with him. We were referencing earlier in our prelude about motor and how much like that that's grown on me. I mean, the motor on this guy is just is immaculate. Like, Hey, from start to finish, just constantly going, I understand the kind of slight hesitation about what his offensive talent level is truly going to be like at the NHL level, whether he's going to kind of top out as like a third line checking center. But here's the thing. I think people have wildly bloated expectations of draft picks in general, right? Like I think if you're getting an elite third line center, who's also going to do all those intangible things, but also use that physicality and motor and tenacity. And I think in our guide, we kept referring to him as violent in terms of his playing style. (laughs) I think he's going to be such a menace in the NHL where he's going to drive opponents absolutely crazy. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him posting ridiculous penalty drawn totals where he's just goading opponents into getting after him and just giving him that shit eating grin back and drawing a ton of penalties, which is immensely valuable. And so if you're getting all of those layers to his game with the, with the reality that sure, he might not be like this prolific offensive player, but he's going to go to the net. He's going to get the greasy goals. He's going to be battling out there. Like I, I do think there is some room for improvement there as well. And so putting all those things together, I think he's such an enticing prospect that I would take him here at nine and, and feel pretty good about it. And I, and I do think that I do think the Sabres are, are monitoring him very closely. I agree. I think that they're going to be very interested in hoping that he's sitting there for them. Um, 
tenacity, right? Just incredibly tenacious. Like the guy lifts sticks like nobody's business. He is such a headache in the SHL as a 17-year-old. He played up as a 16-year-old too there as a draft minus one for a while. And that his game is just incredibly pro-ready. Like he is very, very close to being an NHL ready. So many translatable skills. Yeah, he doesn't have great hands. I mean, he can he can make the move and beat a guy, but he doesn't make he doesn't keep possession of it often. Um, but I, I said this months ago. He's Patrick Hornquist. Like he is going to just be a menace in front of the net. He's <clears throat> excellent hands in tight to finish off plays, rebounds, tips. Um, he he establishes position and he's hard to move. He's kind of like a fire hydrant out there a little bit too. Um, but he also times entering into that space well so that he's not just like getting abused the whole time. But even if he is, right, he's giving it, he's taking it, he's getting a greasy goal and then he's smiling. Um, teams are going to hate, hate playing against him. His his own fans are going to love him. He'll be a fan favorite. I think I think this is right around where he's going to go. Um, I think the Sabers would love to add a piece like this to, to a lot of the skill that they've been building too. Um, and yeah, you know maybe he is a really really good matchup third line center who can be a net front guy on your first power play unit, and that would be a great pick yeah. near the tail end of the the top end the top ten in this draft for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's just so much like about this player, and and I think. I think whoever drafts him is going to be pretty happy with it. So um, I have Mira nine. You're up here at 10. Uh, you're picking for the Anaheim Ducks who have a ton of talent, have drafted really well. So I'm very curious to see who you add to their pipeline. Yeah, I'm going to the blue line here and I'm going to take the guy who's the, the best one on my board and it's Pavel Mintyukov. Um, you know, a Russian defender who, you know, we could have had a, a larger discussion about what the heck's going to happen with the Russians this year because, you know, where these guys are getting arrested back in Russia to, because they wanted to head to the NHL um, and getting sent to the military and potentially getting sent to the war. So some cr- pretty crazy things are going on there. But this is a player who's already in North America. He played in Saginaw this year. He actually came last year left left moscow for the first time ever basically um he's like okay i'm going to the ohl i'm gonna go play some hockey and he gets here and the covid pandemic shuts things down he's waiting he's waiting he's waiting he waits the whole year and he doesn't get to play a game um so the fact that he missed his whole entire draft minus one season and still was so good for saginaw this year and continued to get better as the year went on um you know he's got good size he's about 6'2 195 pounds um has a really structured offensive style where, you know, a guy like Matejchuk is kind of a freewheeler where I think uh, Mintyukov, he loves to join the rush, but it's, it's pre-planned. Um, and I think that the, the, the system in Saginaw kind of helped that a little bit too. Um, in the defensive end, there is some things to work on yet um, and, and on this rush defense. Um, but I think that there is a really strong base of, of skills there that another one that you could be like, this is going to be a second pair defender for us. Who's going to chew up a lot of minutes on both sides of the rink and, and really bring some offense too. Um, and so I think that that's, that's nice. They got, they've got the high end offensive player in in Dreesdale and and now they can get another one that can help pop but also play a more kind of well-rounded game a traditional game with the offense to go along with it and the transitional play so I, I really like Mintyukov I don't know if he'll go this high I know that there's a few teams in the in the early teens that are really hoping he's around still uh, but I'll take him here oh not only Drysdale but uh PDO cast favorite Zellweger as well. I mean, yes, it's uh you know they, they they've historically I know it's a different regime now but historically just made an absolute living, just drafting and loading up on as many defensemen as possible and turning them into legit NHLers. And, and it would be a very, uh, very reasonable choice. I mean, what he had 62 points in 67 games in the OHL, but it was like on like the fifth lowest scoring team or something like that. Like, and a ton of it was, was goals driven as well. Like I, I, I got a lot of 
kind of Klingberg vibes in terms of his ability to kind of get it and get the puck into the middle of the ice and, and do some really interesting stuff in the offensive zone with it. So yeah, I think the, I think the talent level is, is through the roof and it makes sense at this point of the draft. I, I like it. Um, let's go to 11 then San Jose sharks who don't have a GM or a coach at the moment. <laughs> yeah. They're set up well for this yeah. draft. Hey, yeah. um, <clears throat> Again, you know, I, I don't think this is who they're going to take, um, but we're here to hear, to hear what we, we think. And so, uh, you know, I've talked about a couple of guys that I said, maybe my favorite players in the class. Here's the last one that I'll say that about. And it's Liam Ogren. Um, I love this player. Um, so he is, you know, he played on Deer Garden, the, the J20 and, and up in the SHL this year with, you know, Lakira Mackey, with Noah Oslin, with Kelly Delius. All these guys are going to be first rounders this year. He wasn't the fastest or most skilled player on his junior team didn't stop him from leading them in goals and points and captaining Sweden at the U 18s and um, playing 25 games in the SHL and, and, you know, fitting in whatever role, whatever task is handed to him, that's what he'll do for you. So when he was in the SHL, it was like, Hey, you're going to play on the third line or fourth line. We want you to get pucks in deep, go in there, bang, four check, keep it, keep possession. Great. I'll go do that. Uh, you know, you're playing in the J20. We want you to just annihilate guys at, at five on five and score um, like crazy. Great. I can do that. Like 85% of his goals in the J20 this year were even strength goals. I love that from a player who went above a goal per game because you think that they're going to be getting boosted on some elite power play. Well, that's not how he had to run. He can finish from the outside. He can finish from the inside. Really great hands. This guy gives me Brock Besser vibes, um, like crazy with better skating. I know some people have talked about Timo Meyer. I think that that's a fair comp as well, um, especially if he goes to San Jose here. Um, I, I love this player. I think he's going to be kind of the Swiss Army knife that you can put him as your first line winger. You can put him as your third line winger on the other side. He, he can do, he can kill penalties, he can power play, drive play. He never, he, he constantly has a puck. In. I think manually tracked games through Instat there. He dumped the puck in three times the entire season across all leagues and tournaments and he dumped it out of his own zone once um this guy loves to maintain possession or make a smart pass so for for me i love liam ogren um i think that he's probably going to be going in the mid-teens um but uh for me i like him a lot more than that i've got him eight on my board fascinating combination of, of three prospects on the same team though too right because they like all have such different skill sets like mm-hmm. I, from a scouting perspective it made it it made it a bit easier for you guys to just latch on and just watch it all. Um, I love it. All right. I'm going to go 12 here for Columbus. I'm going to take Matthew Savoy. Um, I suspect he won't be around by 12 based on, um, kind of, you know, I think Bob had him ninth on his list. I've heard that there's top 10 interest. So he had 90 points in 65 WHL games. He was seventh in the league in scoring. Um, you know, I think people, like he played down the middle, right? But people seem to suspect that he will be a winger in the NHL. Um, I'm I'm really intrigued by his playmaking tendencies. Like he seemed to possess um, like a really high level of of spatial awareness in terms of like dragging defenders along with him for the purpose of getting it getting a teammate open, basically, and kind of making plays happen in that regard. I'm a bit worried about how uninvolved he was in their transition game relative to a lot of top offensive players. And, and maybe that speaks to kind of that lack of super high end straight line speed. We, we, we already discussed how that's not necessarily a deal breaker and I've come around to that, but I am a little bit worried about that because typically when you're talking about a true elite offensive player, especially at a lower level, 
like how, how rare is it for a guy or how often do we really see a guy who like doesn't do all of that heavy lifting, wind up coming to the NHL and being at least functional at that? Like, it, it seems like that's a, that's a bit of a stretch and that would give me a bit of pause about treating him as a true elite offensive player, but the tools are there in place. And at this point in the draft, I do like his skill set more than anyone else available. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think, um, you know, the numbers really pop off the page, but, you know, the the Winnipeg ice scored the most goals in the CHL this year and yeah. literally everything ran through him when he was on the ice. Like the, the, the structure of their offense was, you know, through transition or once in the zone, get it to Savoy. And, you know, granted, he was getting all those primary assists for a reason. Like he was setting up plays, but the puck, like it was drawn to him, drawn up that way. So he was getting so many puck touches without really having, like you said, to do the heavy list, lifting. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he's a center, um, you know, at his size and the way he plays, um, he doesn't fight to get into the middle of the ice. I think he's going to need to get into a good situation with good players to be able to be really, really effective. And so, you know, I'm lower on him than probably most. I've got him closer to 20 on my board um, because I think that there's a lot of risk baked into it, but really shifty skater, good hands, knows how to finish without a doubt. The guy can score when he gets an opportunity. Um, but it's just my you know, people, people question some of the, the teams I guys question whether Frankie Nazar can, can translate. They don't have the same concerns about Matt Savoy. And I'm kind of the opposite where I, I think that it's, it's more Savoy is going to have a harder time transitioning and that I think his inflated point totals playing in that situation on that team has kind of given him a, a bigger reputation than maybe his game demands. Uh, but at this point of the draft, yeah, I, I think, you know, you're picking at 12 or whatever right here that, that that's a very valid choice in this zone on an upside pick. Um, you know, he he's better on the power play. But again, is he going to be the best option on the power play in the NHL to get those kind of opportunities again? So we'll, we'll see. He's going to be a fun one to watch. He's someone that, you know, I was really, really high on as he was coming up and he was near exceptional status and he went to the USHL and he was really great in transition in the USHL there. And then that didn't really come with him to the dub when he came back. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's an interesting player and, and one I'm curious really curious to see how it plays out on because I might look like a fool at the end of the day, having them 17 or 18 or wherever I've got them now. Um, or maybe I'll be the smartest guy in the room. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Columbus has six and 12, right? And I'm curious for your take on this. Who of the players that are left do you think would uh, draw the attention the most of the computer boys? Like which, which guy here has like the most intriguing statistical case then because yeah I, i'm getting into the point of the draft here where there's certainly a number of players that have interesting skill sets but they are like they're flawed in some capacity and like mm -hmm. certain things or others you're we're kind of willing to give them a pass more so more so but that's kind of why, why i struggled when we got to this point like once you get out of that 10 11 range all of a sudden it becomes a bit dicier for me or you kind of just there's some really interesting guys, but it feels like you can get them later. So it would be a bit of a reach to take them at this point, but maybe you just do so if you really fall in love with someone. Yeah. I mean, of the guys that are left, like there, there are some ones that I think those, the, the, the models might love, you know, um, Joachim Kamel produced some good points. Lakira Mackey produced some good points in the SHL. Uh, Kevin Korchinski, really mm -hmm. dynamic, right, yep. uh, on the back end. Um, and then I mentioned him earlier as Jagger Fergus, who, who might be there on day two. But if you want to look at someone with high, high upside who has the, the analytics to support him but doesn't have the physical stature and profile, um, that's a player that I could see that there's going to be some – there's going to be a smart team out there that's going to rank him higher than, than yep. most others. Yeah. Okay, well, the Islanders are on the clock here at 13. Um, who do you have going? 
I'll, I'll give him the guy I just mentioned there is Joachim Kamel. Um, Kamel, he's, he's a high end finisher. Um, you know, great, great one touch finish. Um, he's got a really nice one timer. He was filling the net early there in the league and everyone's talking like, Oh, Hey, is this, is this a challenger for one? Um, he got injured and that kind of disrupted the flow of his season and he never really got back to that level. Um, but still good numbers in the league at his age. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy. Uh, so often these kind of one, I don't want to call him a one trick pony cause he has good hands too. And he has pretty good vision, but it's the shot that really kind of highlights his game. Um, when you're not that big and you're on the, on the side that, you know, are you, going to be Mike Hoffman. Um, you know, if, if the rest of the game doesn't translate, he does rely on his hands a little bit too much to create the space needed to get his shot off, um, which won't be a translatable skill because he doesn't have elite hands at this point. Um, so he's going to need to play with someone who's going to be able to, to create space for him um, and, or him to time into those spots. But I think that the upside, especially this pick and in a, you know, a place like the Islanders, they need, they need more offensive upside here too. So I, I think it makes sense for, you know, I've got him 12 on my board and, um, for the situation in the aisle too. Yeah. I mean, Bob had him up at seven. Um, so yeah, I I think he'll go pretty high. Like, you know, he finished with 15 goals, 23 points in 39 games. I believe I have it down for 18 of those points came in the first 16 games, as you mentioned, uh, with a really hot start before the injury, he, you know, you're talking about the statistical case. Like I, I think the only draft eligibles with higher scoring rates in the league since, since basically like the modern era, since like the nineties or whatever, are Michael Granlund, Sasha Barkov, Kapokako, Patrick Laine, Arturi Lekkinen, and Joel Armia. And like, he's mm-hmm. really high up on that, on that list. Um, I'm a little bit concerned because the, the shot is certainly awesome. Um, it looked like a high volume of his shots were, the types of shots that will not work in the NHL um, from far out bad angles, just beating goalies who are kind of overmatched. And I remember we had this full discussion when we were talking about Alexander Holtz and his draft year. And like, we, I think we went like 30 minutes on it and the like the question of how much of that is going to translate when you get to the NHL, because it's an entirely different product almost. And so you see some of the goals he scored and it's like, yeah, I guess that could go in conceivably against an NHL goalie, but it probably won't. And he has a type of shot where he, if he's getting it on the power play on the one-timer, like that's totally fine. But in terms of, especially at five on five, his ability to actually consistently get into scoring areas and get shots off where it'll actually play gives me a bit of pause. How, how do you feel about that in terms of him actually being able to, to translate that and, and have a sustainable source of offense beyond just kind of falling back on, I have an elite shot because you could probably count on one hand, the number of guys who can consistently beat NHL goalies from distance. Yeah, you, you know, you're right. And he doesn't have Holtz's release. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that lethal. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I, I have the same concerns that you do. Um, I had him like number 20, probably not that long ago. I, I had him lower. And and we talked earlier at the opening of the show is, is not letting that group think, not letting those conversations with people kind of influence you. And in this ranking, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I, I probably did let some of my discussions with team side people who like really I, a couple of Euro scouts that I know really went to bat for him with me in conversations and like made convincing arguments. And, and, you know, I, I do tend to, especially those Euro guys that that's all they're watching, right. I'm watching everybody. And it's like, so they've seen him a lot more than I have um, that I did defer to them a little bit in, in placing him in the top 12. But I also wrote an article where I projected out in, in whatever, seven or eight years that he's going to be kind of the biggest disappointment that he's going to go in the top 10 and that he's not going to live up to that hype. Um, so I, I think that there is a, a wide range of outcomes for him and, and, and some of them aren't great. Um, but 
you know, some of them are going to be, you know, he could be, he could be that Mike Hoffman like guy where he's going to be a little sheltered, um, a five on five, but, uh, but then just, you know, let it rip on the power play, um, and be able to score 25, 30 goals. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, again, we're at the point of the draft now where it's like, you want safety or you want an upside. Um, and so he does definitely have that upside. Yeah. Well, 14 for the Jets. I, I, I think if it was going this way, I think they would start considering someone like Korshinsky just because of organizational need. But I, I'm going to give them like a Ramaki here just purely because we just talked about Kamel. And I think it's like a neat sort of way to, for us to just keep going. Um, you know, similarly, like he is a professional goal scorer already, right? He scored seven goals in 26 SHL games, score a ton on every level on the way up. Similarly, I think uh, he's probably got a better release than Kamal, right? Do you, do you think so? Or like, it seems yeah, like it seems like terms of terms of like the, the way he sort of like Austin Matthews style changes the angle kind of before mm-hmm. the release and stuff like that. It feels like there's a bit more deception to it beyond just purely like, I'm going to beat you cleanly with a shot. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and you know, kind of the cool thing about him too, is, you know, we mentioned him playing in the Deer garden system. There is that, uh, he, when he was up in the SHL, he got given all the offensive minutes that Liam Ogren didn't get. And that was because he can't play the same way that Ogren can. Um, So if you flip those roles, um, Ogren could have been still probably finishing like he does. And it was putting up those points where Lakiramaki wasn't going to be able to survive in that kind of straight North South game, getting pucks in deep. So for him to hit another one, who's not a big, not a big winger, um, he's going to need to succeed in a fully offensive role. And so I, you know, I released my rankings there yesterday and then people were asking me to, to, to show, pull back, peel back the curtain a little bit and show some of them if they don't have the subs. And so I, one of them was the Kiramaki. And I just said, you know, I, I echo what our staff feels like is that we're a little concerned. The shot is excellent. The hands are great, but the reliance on the hands and, you know, missing some of the better play options defensively, he can be, you know, hit or miss on effort level. And I, I tweeted that out there and his J20 coach kind of gave, you know, posted that emoji thinking quote. Uh, looking like, Hmm, like that he wasn't agreeing with me. So I've got it set up where I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and chat with him and do a little interview here, uh, tomorrow morning. And we'll look for a piece on EP rig sign coming out and maybe he can change my tune, but it's rare that a coach can, can really uh, yeah. sway me one way or the other because they're so invested in these guys. But, uh, he's an interesting player. And another one that I didn't let the NHL side kind of impact me because I, I had team side people telling me that like, no, you know, us at EP and, and myself personally, you're missing something on this kid that he is dynamic. Um, and he had the great finish the international, you know, the, the U18s and that, that sticks in people's minds. But I watched a lot of his tape in the J20 too, that he didn't get me out of his seat. He didn't dominate, even though he had such high skill level, um, you know, like a kid like Noah Ostland who has a lot, a lot of skills. I think he's smarter. I think he's going to be able to, to pull off some of his moves a little bit better than like Yuramaki moving forward here too. So another high upside kid though. And I think for the Jets, it's, it makes sense at this spot. I mean, yeah, I, like I admit this type of profile is something that I've kind of moved away from over the past couple of years. I, I think you, the shot can only take you so far. Bob has him eighth. Uh, we have him 18th on, on elite prospects. Um, so it kind of reflects that gap that you're talking mm-hmm. about. I will say he's, he's still, he's young for this class, right? Like he, he still doesn't turn 18 until the end of the month, I believe. Um, and so, you know, the fact that he's already scoring goals in, in, in a professional league is, is, is encouraging. And, and at this point of the draft, like, even if that's all he is, there's value to that, of course, right? Like, like being able to score goals will get you paid in the NHL. And so with that shot, um, he will have a future in the league. Um, it's just a matter of whether he can become more than that. So, um, all right. 15th for the Canucks. Um, what do you have here? 
Yeah. So I, I, it's hard not to kind of get into, try to get into their head a little bit and who <laughs> I think that they would pick. Um, but I'm going to stick with me. I'm going to stick with what I'm doing. And so I've got a couple defensemen on my board that are, that are right there neck and neck. And one of them's Korchinski, who we just keep kind of punting down a little bit here, but I'm going to go Owen Pickering, um, left shot D coming out of swift current, you know, nearly six foot five, um, this kid is this, this raw mold of clay. And I said the same thing about Mo Sider a few years ago is that this athletic player who's still filling into their frame, he was drafted into the WHL was Swift Current's last pick in the draft. And he was five foot seven when he went in the, in the Bantam draft there. And so his game was completely predicated on speed and skill and feints and fakes and not getting buried behind the net on his retrievals and leading the rush and getting up there. And then all of a sudden he shot up nine inches over, you know, two years. And so he's still, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's a beanpole at 180 pounds still. Um, but man, oh man, like he, you can see, you can still see that skill in his game on the way that he can retreat pucks a little faint, a little fake, and then explode out of it. And then he's, he's already dangerous coming out of the zone. I think that there is so much room for potential here on both ends of the rink that I think that he could be like one of these players that skates so well at his size makes plays in transition, but also can be like just uh, sweltering on defense too, just smothering where he's got this long frame, this long reach, um, good footwork. He's going to add some more, uh, you know, probably going to add, you know, 30, 35 pounds to his frame. And that's going to just, you know, he's going to be hurting guys in front of the net in the corners. Um, Vancouver needs help on the blue line. They need a lot of help in the pipeline in general. Uh, I'm sure they would love it if he played on the right side, but you know, the, you take the best, the best option here. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's instead of going Korchinski, there is where he's all offense and, and a lot of work needs to be done defensively. Um, you know, they got a couple of those guys kind of already in, in, in the yeah. system uh, or on the team already. So for, for Vancouver, I think Pickering, not sure if that's who their, their guy would be there. Um, but I think that they'd be interested in him too. And, and, you know, uh, a kid out of the West. Um, and, and yeah, I, I really like his upside. I really, I, I chatted with him. He's a, he's an intelligent guy who recognizes what he needs to do, um, to get better. And, you know, he's, he's Matejchuk's cousin and I love that too. So a couple of them going early here and a couple of my favorites. Nice. Okay. 16 for the Sabres. Um, the, I think at this point we should, we should probably just like highlight a couple names that we're interested in. Cause I think that's kind of more useful for the listener than us being like with the 16th pick, the Buffalo Sabres are definitely going to take this guy. Like I, there's just a couple names we haven't mentioned. We already mentioned Korchinski as well. I, I imagine he will go pretty high. Um, I'm highly, highly intrigued by Danila Yurov, uh, just to see where he goes. Um, yeah. I've, I've gotten, uh, wildly differing takes on the possibilities of where he could go. I know that, you know, you were t- we were talking earlier about sort of, um, being careful with asking people who might have what they're like, depending on what their agenda is on like how they think something's going to go or where they have someone and, and, and why they're telling you that I, I do know for a fact that there's a, a non-lottery team that is doing their due diligence on your Robin is very, very interested. So I'm not sure how far he will fall um, in the draft because I do think there are interesting parties, but it's almost impossible to evaluate him in a way, right? Like the, the amount of ice time that he was getting in the KHL where he was just literally sitting on the bench. It, it, it's, it's, I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. Like the skill set is intriguing, but without that much functional tape to, to comb through, it's kind of tough to know. It is right. And, and then when he was down in the MHL, it was, it was like, 
he was too good for that hockey. league, right? Yeah, exactly. And his team was too good, and he was just fed all the opportunities, and he was just dancing out there and finishing, and like he was doing it like he had a, a dart in his mouth too. It was just so casual. Um, so it's really, really difficult to to assess him. And, and again, another player, I broke down his game. I watched every minute of his tape, which didn't take all that long, um, because he was averaging about two minutes in the KHL. But there is a lot of a lot of good things to like there. Uh, no one skill really pops for him. He's just kind of good at everything, mm-hmm. um, which there is definitely value in that. Um, I have heard that there are a number of teams, like a healthy number, maybe double digits, that are not interested in taking a Russian at all this year. Um, he has a lot going against him with the passport, with the deployment in the KHL, um, with not having one standout skill that you can be like, well, you know, if we got him. Um, He's going to be a scorer. He's going to be an elite passer. He's going to be a burner. Um, you know, so he could be that really nice kind of second line forward, middle six guy for you. That's going to do a lot of things. Uh, but I, I actually, by this point, like I'm fully expecting him to be there on day two, um, that he's going to be, that he'll go, that he'll go in the second round. Um, but then, you know, some of these other Russians are probably not even going to hear their name called that would traditionally go in the third, fourth, fifth rounds. Um, so it, it's really watching the Russians in general is going to be interesting. And you're off for sure. I, I think you're right. That is skill level right there, right? Like he's, he should be in the teens to early twenties. That's where he, that's where he probably should live for, for his game. Um, but maybe if he had an opportunity, like if he was playing in the CHL and he was playing 20 minutes a night, like maybe we'd have a different opinion of maybe we'd have him higher up the board too. Well, that's a great segue to the next name. I want to talk about Brad Lambert. Um, uh-huh. I, so I'm, 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 I'm interested because I, I think everyone by now, if, if you follow the drafts at all, like you're, you're probably pretty familiar with, with the story in terms of like where things went wrong for him, how, like what, what a cratering it was of his draft stock basically. Right. Um, I'm curious because I know you have him sort of on the lower end of things. Like I think Bob still has him up at 16th. I think for elite prospects for our draft guide, we had him up at 14th, your own personal list had him lower. So are you just concerned that the sort of the tendencies you saw from him, especially in the second half of the year are kind of reflective of, of, shortcomings he has in terms of that hockey sense, that ability to actually functionally use that speed beyond just skating really fast or like kind of, how did you come to that ranking and sort of, does it give you concern that you are so divergent from um, kind of that group thing? Yeah, I feel really good about it actually to be, to be, to be on this side of the coin, because I, like I said, uh, the opening there is that I like smart players and, you know, he might be a smart kid, but he's not smart on the ice. Um, he he gives me he gives me the vibes of players in the past who have great wheels and have great hands or a great shot. You know, there was one in Vancouver here that they drafted very very early and didn't work out so well. Um, is that you, you just some of those things just don't translate for you. Um, and so he could he could wow at the legal level for a, you know shifts at a time where you know he would he would inside outside a guy go wide and then finish at top cheddar and you'd be like holy smokes look at the skill on this kid and he does have excellent physical tools but. He inconsistent, missing plays, forcing plays, um, you know, defensively, he can he definitely hit or miss. Um, you know, he's asked out of at least two teams, two organizations to get moved. Um, I don't like that because I also see that it's like, you're going to run into some roadblocks on your way up here too, right? You're going to need to have that mental fortitude, gut check time. To, are you willing to fight through it? Or are you going to be like, I want out. I want it. I want it. You know, I'm going to complain about it. So, um, you know, knowing the player too, a little bit on, on how their, their, their mind works and, and whether they have that ability to fight through things. Um, it gives me pause for concern. Um, 
it's just I, there's boom, there's boom potential for sure with, with that kind of speed and skill. Um, but I think there's just a, a big old spoonful of bust as well too. So another player that I think that there's a decent chance he's there on on day two that you know he'll end up going 34, 35 or something like that. Uh, all it takes is one team obviously. And, and, you know, in the twenties or something like that, a team might take a swing on that upside. Um, you know, the, the Thunderbirds just traded for his rights and, and from all indications, he's going to be coming out West here. And, and so whoever takes him, they'll know that they'll, they'll be able to have their player development people seeing him all the time and getting their hands on him. So, you know, maybe they can, they can get him in there and figure they can, they can sort some of these things out. But like I said earlier, there is a either have it or you don't when it comes to awareness and, and for my money, he doesn't have it. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting thought exercise. Like if two things happen, right? One, if you if he had just been playing in the WHL, for example, let's say I think Saskatoon had his rights, and then they traded him to Seattle, I believe, right? Um, yep. Like I imagine that speed, even without that awareness, he would have been ripping up that league compared to yep. the Liga, and, and I imagine the stock, whether right or wrong, would have been significantly higher on him. Second, like if you just literally flip the order of his twenty-one and twenty-two seasons, I also mm-hmm. I also think that would kind of mentally just as thought exercise, like what would affect our view of it. So, but you're right. I like when you watch the video, like there's, there's a lot of Sperry Kappen and vibes to be. We're very, yeah. very fast, gets into the zone, makes a dumb mistake and the puck is out of the zone and repeat at the same time. Once you get to a certain point of the draft, just having that physical tool makes you interesting. Cause if you do feel like organizationally, you can bring him in and mold him and work on that. I, I am, there will obviously be a team that takes a chance on it, but you're right. It, it's alarming tendencies and, and it's a shame because obviously a lot of physical tools, but unfortunately just, I mean, it was a tough situation too, right? Like I, I, in the second half, when he switched teams, he was like, they were playing him on the wing and stuff. And it's like, this guy's best attribute is skating really fast. And you're like getting him along the wall. Like it, 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 just, it just seemed bizarre. Like it wasn't, and some of it might've been his own doing of course, but it, it pretty much everything that could have gone wrong did. Uh, last season for him. Yeah, it was a struggle for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Um, well, that's enough on Lambert. Is, is there anyone else? Uh, you, you know, we mentioned Jagger Furkus. Obviously, I think we both like him quite a bit and, and are highly intrigued. Elite Prospects has him listed at 154 pounds right now. Yeah. Is that possibly true? Yeah. And that's with them with the sweet ginger mustache too, which probably is juicing him up like a half pound there too. The, the kid, the kid's got swag for sure. He's got drip. Um, he's, uh, he is very, very slight. Um, but I mean, he is not afraid. Like he goes to the net, he goes to the high danger areas. he takes abuse, but my, like he has maybe the best hands in the crop. Like he's got the best hands in the West anyways, this year for draft eligibles. Um, I love him. I, I, I did a big dive on him just last month, earlier this month. Um, last month. Uh, and, and like, he's great, great hands, electric skating, like an elite finisher, um, you know, with the, he can beat him out high. He can beat him in tight. He got the one timer. Like he's, he's really good at scoring goals. Um, you just trailed, uh, Savoy for, for points for draft eligibles in the West. Love him. I think he should go high. I don't think he will. Um, but a couple of guys that we should probably mention who are going to be in this zone and probably go a little bit earlier too. Um, I, I've heard a lot of whispers that Noah Osland is going to go a lot higher than people think. Um, I've got him 19 on my board, bit of a bit of an artist out there, really, really skilled, high, high intelligence rate, great hands, clever, makes those difficult plays look easy. Um, not the best skater in the, in the draft, probably averages out around an NHL average skater. And he's also 165 pounds. So there, there's some, there's some warts there. Um, Connor Geeky. You know, we talked about the Winnipeg guys, <clears throat> six foot four, 200 pound center right now. Great hands, really soft touch. 
pace skating an issue, but I do yeah. think that someone's going to take it. Someone's yeah. going to take an earlier swing right on him because of just that physical profile with that great distribution game and, and soft hands. They're going to be like, we can get him lower in his stance. We can, we can teach this kid to move his feet. Um, and that is hard to do, but not as hard as teaching someone how to think the game. So I I'd rather take a bet on him than a guy like Brad Lambert. Yeah. I mean, certainly like you, you could see the future of like him being along the wall on the half wall and basically just like using that size to survey and distribute and like his passing is terrific. The, vi- the, the video that I saw on him skating is it's not clunk- clunky, uh, lumbering, yes. uh, very, uh, very awkward. <laughs> like, yeah. especially in the open ice, it's like, he may as well just be begging the opponent to come and take the puck from him because he yeah. almost like doesn't know what to do with it. So, but you're right. A six, four setter who can move the puck, like someone's going to, Someone's going to be interested in that for sure. So, and also um, good defensively. Like I think yep. he has a good floor to be like a third line checking center or a fourth line center too. So you're probably getting a player anyways. Another guy I love, Lane Hudson, and mm. a quote that you had in a piece on him. This is him speaking. I've seen an endocrinologist for my bone age, and my bone age is delayed compared to my biological age. So there's room to grow for myself. For teams concerned about that, I'm still growing. So love it. You know, players often talk about how they still have room to grow in terms of their game. He is quite literally telling us that he still has room to physically grow. So I love that. That is that is awesome. Uh, what a fun right. player. I imagine he will slip quite a bit in the NHL draft, but I, uh, I'm very curious to see how his career turns out. Yeah, so shifty, right? Not not like an electric speed speed guy, but like my god, like in the offensive zone, like he dances out there like a Hughes or McCarr does. Then it's at five foot eight, and I love the girls' play analysis, bringing that to so the combine. Good. Like that's that's got balls. I love it. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, well, Cam, I think we did our due diligence here. I think we uh, we help people get prepared for uh, Thursday this year. Uh, Thursday's festivities yeah. next week. Um, I'll give you a mo- two minutes here before we have to log off to. Uh, give some love to, to the, to the elite prospects guide, um, tell people all about it, the work that went into it, what they can expect from it, because I hope that everyone listening to this subscribes to the EP ring side already, but if they don't like, this is your one reason to definitely do so. And then you'll get access to all of our other written work throughout the year as well. But the guide itself is almost worth the subscription. It is the guide is it's I'm always blown away by it every year too. And even though I'm a part of it, um, it is thousands of hours of work. Um, the game reports, the analytics, uh, you know, even our guy Hans doing the, doing the graphics for it just does a killer job, right? He's kind of unheralded hero of the team. Um, yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> we just released the second installment of it, like the, the up, the updated version of it. And we're, I think we're over a thousand pages now of just everything you could ever want to know about hundreds of players in the draft um it's it's all there it's broken down in our game reports we we rank you know all their skills uh, on a nine point basis um it's it's literally the most comprehensive draft guide you could imagine um get it now and then you'll know about all these players beforehand or get it after your team makes their picks and you'll find it all everything you need to know about these guys um so yeah i can't i can't speak uh, highly enough about uh, the, that work that uh, you know we all put into it jd burke you know building it out and mitch brown and david st louis and, and our whole scouting team it's we do, 
we do a lot of work and, and there's a lot of smart people in that room there too. So, uh, and I like to rub shoulders with them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to put that work in and, uh, and yeah, we'll, we're going to have some fun at the draft here in Montreal as a team and, and the Saturday, you're not going to be there with us, Tim, but we'll, uh, we'll have to catch up next time. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. Well, this was a blast. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's a very busy time of the year, but this was uh, something I always have circled on my calendar and I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy it. Check all that out. Follow Cam, follow our, our dearly departed Chris as well. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll be back next year for the fourth annual edition of this. So enjoy the draft, man. Have a, have a good one and uh, looking forward to talking to you after. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks buddy. Whew. All right. Well, that is going to be it. Finally for today's episode of the Hockey PDO cast. Uh, after two hours of talking about the 2022 NHL draft, um, I'm completely wiped. And hopefully uh, hopefully it was worthwhile and you enjoyed it and learned some stuff and are feeling more prepared for, for next week's festivities. So um, as always, thank you for listening to us. Uh, thank you to Cam Robinson and Chris Peters for taking the time to come chat. It truly is and I'm not just saying this, it is one of my favorite annual traditions we have going here. I hope it keeps going for many, many years to come. It's always a blast to, to chat with those guys and and, and, uh, and kind of pick their brains because as I said, uh, you know, I'm following this stuff throughout the year, but I'm just so busy with the NHL schedule that I don't necessarily have enough time to be digging into the minutiae of, of all these junior leagues and following these guys every step of the way. So I rely on them heavily for, for all their expert analysis throughout the year. And then I kind of parachute in and, uh, and try to catch up as much as I can and, and, and kind of just load up as much information as I can to my brain to get ready. And I'm sure a lot of you uh, feel similarly. So hopefully this was a good exercise to, uh, to help accomplish that. So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Enjoy the 2022 draft. I hope it, uh, it goes your way. I hope your team drafts uh, the prospect that, you, that you've been looking forward to and the one you want to cheer for. So um, we'll be back more with more shows uh, soon. I imagine there's going to be plenty of player movement and trades and scuttlebutt and all that at the draft. And then we've got free agency around the corner as well. So there's going to be plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity for us to record some analysis shows and kind of reactionary pieces and stuff like that. So looking forward to that. But until then, we're going to take a little break here over the long weekend. Enjoy yourself and we'll be back soon with more. The Hockey PDO Cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Follow on Twitter at Dim Filipovich and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash hockey PDO Cast.